Welcome to Giant Cocktails, a podcast where two lifelong fans talk about the San Francisco Giants while drinking homemade cocktails. Now, here are your hosts, Ben and Matthew Henry. another episode of Giant Cocktails. I am your host, Ben Henry, alongside my brother, the big stupid head, Matthew Henry. How you doing, Matthew? Usually I have to look these ones up. And, oh, usually uh, you do, I'm, yeah. I'm a little, yeah. I'm always like, a little like, what does that mean? I, mm-hmm. I am yep. fairly certain I know what stupid head means. Like, I, I don't think I <laughs> Oh, need are to... you? Are you sure? Are you sure you don't need to look it up? <laughs> well, I might because like you... I'm a stupid head. But You uh, are a stupid head, yeah. I, I so, think I know yeah. what this one means. And what did I do to deserve that? <laughs> what did you do to deserve it? Yes. You know what you did. You're just, you're annoying and you're infuriating. Oh. You're just a big stupid head. Yeah. Kind of like the San Francisco Giants. <laughs> are you projecting your feelings about the Giants on me, Ben? How did you break the code, Matthew? (laughs) (laughs) You know, here's the thing. Okay? Okay? Here's the thing, Matthew. Okay, tell me the thing. The thing is, you could be a great older brother. I could be. I could be. You're right. But, but, But you choose not to be. Right? Yeah, you know. Like, you know, you give me noogies. You spit in my sandwich. You fart into my pillow. See, that sounds to you me know, like I was a great big brother. Like that's that's like classic big brother stuff, man. Yeah, yeah, sure. I guess I from built a certain character, perspective. Ben. I built character. <laughs> you built character. You built character. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what? As a Giants fan, I don't need character. I need wins. <laughs> Yes. Right. Yes. There's that. <laughs> That's what I need. I need wins. Oh. Uh, yeah. Well, you had you know some what? this I, week. You had some wins. <laughs> I did. I had some really big wins. This is what I'm saying, Matthew. Sometimes you're great. Yeah. You know, you beat up the bully. Yes. Exactly. You know. Yes. Uh, you, you you tell our mother that it was you and it was me. Mm-hmm. You know. You, you do you do all kinds of good things. But then you fart in my pillow. <laughs> kind of like, kind of like the Giants losing to the A's after beating the Diamondbacks. That's exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> Sunday's baseball game against the A's was a total fart in the pillow. Oh yeah, that's gonna that's gonna that's gonna smell for a while. I think too. That might be the title of this episode: "A Fart in the Pillow." It won't be because nobody will download it. But. If y'all would just no, not but, pay attention to the titles and let us have fun right, with it and right. download you know, it anyway, the, we, we could just do right. that. But you know That's right. The title is a joke, people. Just just laugh at the joke and download the, 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 the episode. Okay? Like not every episode has to be titled Why the Giants are really great. <laughs> Ten reasons why. <laughs> Bonus question eleven. Ten reasons like, why we love like, Casey Schmidt. No. Uh, you know, sometimes yeah. we just want to say fart in the pillowcase. Yeah. Like why do you have to why does why did the title always have to be clickbait clickbaity people? <laughs> <laughs> Why can't it just be fart in a pillow? Oh, they love us. No matter they what. They do. They do. But hey, hey, Matthew, I, I have a question for you. Oh, okay. 
<laughs> the question is, I have it written down right here. It says, why are you so infuriating, stupid head? <laughs> well, that's a really deep question. Do we have why, time to answer this? Why do but... you do things like <laughs> you know, lose because, to the A's? Because there's a way I do things, Ben. There's a way. <laughs> there's a way. There's and a way. sometimes the way that I like to do things doesn't necessarily mm-hmm. line up with success. And, <laughs> and so I, but, but that's the way I do that. I was built a certain way. I, you know, and so that's just the way it is, you know, like, right. You, you just, you just, you know, you can't, you can't change me, Ben. Okay. Right. Did you, what did you do? Did you go to the Zaidi, uh, Kapler school of, uh, of, of a brotherhood management and brotherhood? <laughs> yes, I think I did. I think I did. <laughs> Oh, I, yeah. Because, you know, you know, you stand over there next to the standings and you point and you smile and it's just this, 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 this poop eating grin. Right. Like you, you get all like, so every week, especially the last month or so, right. You get all your panties in a wad and you get all upset. And then you look at the, you look at the standings and like, oh my God, we're the third team to 60 wins. Oh my God, we're the third best team in the National League. Oh my gosh, we're the, we have the best record in the wild card standings. Like, like, what part do you want to be upset about, Ben? You know what? Shut up, stupid head. Anyway, <laughs> today is Sunday, August 6th, as we record this podcast. The San Francisco Giants went 3-3 three and three this week, stupid heads, to bring their record to 61-51. and 51. Yes, 10 games over 500. Blah, blah, blah. They went 3-1 and one against the Arizona Diamondbacks, just as I said they must last week, and they did it the hard way. They dropped the first game against the D-Bags, excuse me, when they, you know, they lost a game they probably should have won. Yeah. But, you know, they can't, uh, what is it you say, Matthew? Hit their way out of a paper bag. <laughs> that's what well, I say. That's right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, they were in that paper bag in game one against the Diamondbacks. But you know what? They scraped and they clawed and they fought their way. And they won three in a row against those D-bags. One of those was only getting two hits or three base runners. <laughs> you know, like... like... <laughs> that's right. Finally, one of those miracle outings went their way. <laughs> Stupid heads. And, uh, yeah. So anyway, it was, everything was, you know, was coming up, you know, roses-ish after a very questionable trade deadline. And we're going to talk about the trade deadline. Don't worry. We're going to talk about the trade deadline because I know everybody's, well, everybody was angry about the trade deadline. I know now we're all angry about losing two games to the A's. Yeah, keep up. Keep up. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Giants fans, we're always angry about something, but it's constantly changing. <laughs> uh, yeah, so anyway, and then and then they waltz into Oakland. You know, they, they won the first two games of the season series. You know, they, they were primed against the worst team in baseball, one of the worst teams to ever play the game. Not in this era, but in any era. And then they lose two games. That's 10% of the A's wins this year. Well, I guess it's 9% now. But whatever. Who's doing math? Not me. To to just to just absolutely embarrass themselves. Because that's an embarrassment. Especially Sunday's game. Today's game as we record this podcast. Utter embarrassment. What a joke. You know, and usually I'm taking shots at Farhan. I kind of leave Kapler out of it, although I had a go at him a couple of weeks ago. 
But you know what? Today was on the players. You know, one of the, the greatest giant shortstop ever. Just barfing all over himself in what is surely his last season in a Giants uniform. Our second best pitcher, all-star, Alex Cobb. <sighs> Giving up home joke. runs to a ninth place hitter that was hitting a buck 90 going into the game. This is the one thing that Alex Cobb doesn't do. He doesn't give up home runs in his last two starts. Oh, my God. Anyway, let's talk about the standings. <sighs> Let's see. Let's just. The Giants are in last place, right? Let me look yeah, at this. It feels here. like that way, but no. Uh, okay, place. the LA Dodgers are sixty-four and forty-six, and then here in second place. It, wait, it, yeah, in second place, sixty-one and fifty-one, four games out of first place, is the San Francisco Giants. Three games feels close. Four games feels like not so close. I understand it's only one game difference, but whatever, folks. You know what I mean. Uh, they are uh, four and a half games up of, over the third place Arizona Diamondbacks, who are in an absolute tailspin. Uh, and that's probably relevant to the wild card standings. Let's go look at that. Uh, let's see here. The Giants are tied for first place in the wild card position. Yeah. Uh, three games ahead of the Chicago Cubs, who hold the third spot but are tied. Uh, percentage points wise with the Cincinnati Reds who are the first bubble team uh yeah wow this is interesting and the Reds have lost six in a row the Miami Marlins are half a game behind the Reds and have lost four in a row the D-Bags are a game and a half out of the third wild card spot four and a half behind the Giants as we already mentioned and they've lost six in a row the Padres are trying to make a run. They're only three games out of the wild, last wild card spot, but still, that's a lot of teams they got to pass. Although those other teams are trying really hard to let them. And the Mets, well, the Mets are a mess. Well, and, and I want to huh. comment on this just a little bit because you know, we're looking at the standings right now and the wild card standings. And the way they do it is they do division leaders at the top, Atlanta, Dodgers, and the Brewers. And then they have the wild card standings and everybody else, right? And then they tell you this, the last 10 games. And so if yeah. we were to go back 10 days ago, yep. the standings would be exactly the same or worse for most teams or, you know, or better for the Giants, except for the Cubs. The, so no, the Cubs are the hottest team over the last 10 games. They were 7-3. and three. Believe it or not, the San Francisco Giants are 6-4 and four over the last 10 games. The exact same uh, record as the Phillies. The exact same record as the Dodgers. See, the exact same records what, as the Braves. Okay, this so, is what you do, right? Well, this is I'm, what you this do. Is, this is what I do as I, I point out reality. Okay, yeah, because you're a stupid head. Yeah, exactly. I'll be a stupid head, but like the Reds, three and seven, who are the the first team looking up in the wild cards thing. They're three and seven mm-hmm. in the last ten games. Miami, mm-hmm. the next team, three and seven. Arizona, as you said, in a tailspin, two and eight. Okay, the only team, then the next team is the Padres, six and four, no. which is the same exact record as the Giants over the last ten no. games. Yes. No. no. So uh-uh. stop, Mom. stop being a little whiner. Mom. Mom. Matthew's being mean to me again. <laughs> I got, I got, I got one thing to say to you. Stop being a whiny little bitch. <laughs> you know what? I'd be more mad if that wasn't true. (laughs) (laughs) 
All right, it's time for who's hot and who's not. Okay, all right, well, who's hot? Actually, we've got a, a couple of pitchers, believe it or not, because our pitching staff has been really good. But the most surprising to me, the two names that have actually had really good outings were Ross Stripling and Jacob Junis. So, You're such a liar. <laughs> I, know that, I know that doesn't fit the narrative, Ben. But but believe it or not, Ross Stripling, nine and two-thirds innings, two earned runs over that time, uh, 1.86 ERA, a 0.72 whip, uh, definitely the best pitcher uh, in the last seven days. And then Jacob Junis, uh, he had a couple outings, uh, only only two outings, but pitched really well. His whip is under uh, under under point five. He's got uh, no earned runs and in four innings pitched. Uh, so, you know the the pitching staff in general, you could pick a lot of players to be hot. But uh, I just thought it was interesting that those two, who have been much maligned, are actually pitching fairly well this week. On the hitting side, well, there's Wilmer. Of course, who continues to be hot uh, to the tune of a 444 batting average this week uh, with a weighted runs created plus of 206, which yeah, means he's a he's, good older brother, I bet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. In fact, he's going to be my best man, not not Wade. <laughs> uh, but speaking of Wade, Wade Jr. also having a good week. Um, not which is interesting because you look at the the traditional numbers. He's got a two eleven batting average on base of three eighteen, so not great. But he's got a weighted runs created plus of one twenty eight because he hit two home runs in very crucial situations over the last uh, week. So, so uh, those are the two guys. Everyone else is still struggling, still struggling, including. Including future Hall of Famer Casey Schmidt, who finally ran out of out of room to yeah hit up. He was hitting like 105 for the month of July, yeah. and they finally said, "You know what? We just traded for this scrub named Mark Mathias, and we're going to give him a shot over you." Okay. Hey, but he's from the Bay Area, Matthew. This is true. Okay, yeah. Uh, so maybe Mark Mathias will catch on fire. He'll be like you know the the next. Um, uh, insert right. playoff hero from the early 2000s. Um, right. Yeah, Cody Ross. I don't know. But anyway, uh, so on the hitting side, though, like, well, so who's not hot? Pretty much everyone else, but especially Jock Peterson. Jock Peterson, three for 23 this week, which uh, is not good. So, you know, but you could say that for a lot of hitters. They're obviously struggling to score runs, uh, except today when it was uh, the pitching and defense that let them down. But uh, traditionally, yeah. yeah, who knows? I don't know. I don't know what to make of this team anymore. They're stupid heads. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, honestly, Matthew, I, I think the thing is we keep looking for a reason for them to not be the 2023 San Francisco Giants. And this is this is who they are. This exactly. is who they are. Torture baseball all forward. over again, right? Yeah. Well, it, but it's a different kind of torture, right? Like torture, yes. they would just like, you know, every game was close. And then like it, 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 every game was on the brink. And then yes. Brian Wilson would come would, in. He'd walk and like just, two batters and, you know, yeah, and then, like, he'd, then he'd strike out the side. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, this yeah, one's just exactly. ineptitude. Yeah, yeah. This is just it. like some games they look, they can't beat the Oakland A's. One of the worst teams ever assembled. Right. That's the 2023 Giants. And then, you know, and then they go three and one against, you know, uh, the division rival, you know, that's that's good. Um, But anyway, Matthew, you have a trivia question to ask me. That's right. 
So this one, and I apologize because a lot of, if, if you've been watching the games and all that, I this one has been around. If you're following on Twitter, uh, Sarah Langs, who is, I mean, she is the person when it comes to like obscure facts, right, uh, around your team. And she tweeted out something and then it was actually, I think they highlighted it today on the Sunday pregame show if you were like watching that. And you probably were because you thought the game was going to start at 110 and then it didn't because the A's Hall of Fame thing ran long and we had to wait until like 130. Anyway. They mentioned this, and I had already decided this was a trivia question, so if you know the answer, then you can just shout it out. So the question is, name the three players since 1900, the three players in the major leagues since 1900 to hit a home run, have a stolen base, and have a scoreless pitching outing in the same game. And hint, two were Giants. Rickard Fenida, Suyoshi Shinjo, Kevin Moss. Okay, those are all interesting guesses. Yeah, especially the Kevin Moss one. I'm like, wow, where did that name come from? I don't have very many deep pulls that aren't Giants, Matthew. That's one of them. <laughs> That's one of them. Well, he started out his career really hot, uh, and I actually like he hit like 10 home runs in his first like 20 games or something like that. And I went out yes, and I bought did. his rookie card, and then um, and then I could use that card for kindling now because uh, yeah, he never did anything after that. That's right, and our listeners have already heard that story. Oh, okay. All right. Sorry. Sorry. I, this is what I do. Ask my kids. I tell the same stories over and over again. Stupid head. Enough with the banter. Let's talk cocktails. Well, thank you, Bob. Because, you know, I can only be called a stupid head so many times. Uh, I don't even remember whose turn it is to go. Do you, Bob? What are you drinking, Ben? Oh. Right, well, it's Ben's turn. That's fine. <laughs> sure, yeah. Um... Well, thank you for asking, Bob. That's very kind of you. Uh, today, Bob, I am drinking a cocktail known as the Peppermelon. If you want to hear more about the Peppermelon and who invented it, it wasn't me, uh, go listen to last Thursday's show. Because I'm not going to tell you now. But you already know that. Uh, but I will tell you what's in it. It has one and a half ounces of London Dry Gin. Do make this a London dry gin. I mean, you could use something else, but you'd be making it wrong. Uh, one ounce of watermelon juice. Folks, this is just watermelon mashed up until you have an ounce of juice. Uh, half an ounce of lemon juice, freshly squeezed. Uh, you could let it sit for a while to let the terpenes settle down. Uh, and then three quarters of an ounce of black pepper honey syrup. I tell you how to make that on last Thursday's show. Take all of those ingredients, combine them into a shaker with ice, shake until chilled, and then double strain into a coupe glass and garnish with a watermelon cube, which hopefully you left over after, before you crushed them, and then with one side dipped into crushed black peppercorns and let it sit on the side of your coupe glass. And that is how you make a peppermelon. Back to you, Bob. Mmm. That's a tasty cocktail. It's pretty good. What are you drinking, Matthew? So, Bob, I am bringing a Trader Vic's Classic, but it's not a tiki drink, as you would surmise. It's actually one of the most underrated tequila drinks there is called El Diablo. Actually, I think it's called The El Diablo which, you know, is kind of uh, confusing. But uh, but that's what it's called. And what is in the El Diablo? Well, the El Diablo has one and a half ounces of Reposado tequila, 
a half ounce of creme de cassis, three quarter ounces of lime juice, and you're going to shake those. Actually, you're not shaking anything. You're building this in the glass. You're putting all those ingredients into a glass. Uh, uh, well, actually, go listen to the cocktail. There's actually a couple ways to make it. Go listen to Thursday and how you make it because you're gonna uh, you're also gonna add some ginger beer. And there's different ways of making it, and you'll learn all about that on Thursday's show. Uh, but it's a refreshing summer cocktail that's really tasty. And if you haven't tried it, you really need to check out the El Diablo. And that's what I'm drinking. Mmm, that's a tasty cocktail. Yes, it is a a tasty cocktail, Bob. And uh, you know what's uh, you know what else is uh, tasty? I'm trying to make a segue here. I don't know. What's tasty is what? that Ben and Ben and I did not get traded. That is tasty. I, I'd really hate to get traded to like a Colorado Rockies podcast. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, I was just thinking, like, within the Giants realm, like, I thought, like, maybe you get traded for Alex Pavlovic or something like that, you know? And, uh, uh, oh. Or I would get traded for, like, Ben Kaspic. Uh, but it turns out that our mm. – uh, I think I think we were typical of the trade deadline where there wasn't a lot of talent available <laughs> and uh, and nobody really wanted to pay the prices. So, uh, so you and I are stuck with each other, Ben. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. We aren't that talented, <laughs> <laughs> and we're not Hall of Famers, you know. So you know, we're 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 not going to be traded for. A bunch that's of, true. That's true. We are in our forties, though. <laughs> well, oh, over you are. We're over our. 40s. <laughs> thanks. Thanks for that reminder. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Sorry about that. Oops. Wow. Now you're an old stupid head. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, I love this episode. Keep telling me more. <laughs> oh yeah well it was i mean yeah i mean the trade deadline was the old thing for giants fans to be angry about before the, before this weekend happened um yeah and it was really ultimately underwhelming i mean we did learn a a classic uh, uh, we did get we did get reminded of a of a, of a, of a classic um fact which is you should never use Farhan Zaidi as your source whenever you are trying to predict what the Giants are going to do (laughs) because what that man says very rarely comes to fruition the funny thing is I think he means it when he says it you know and then and then it just uh you know real life intervenes and <laughs> and and so yeah. you know what, what and what I thought was interesting about this trade deadline compared to last year so last year our prospects were not good enough right we just we didn't have enough in the farm system to go after a soto or someone like that and that was the consensus right that we just you know everyone was just the farm system sucked and we didn't have enough and that was the reason why we weren't active in the trade deadline this year they were too good for what was available. And and so, you know, you guys, like, who did you want to give up out of Casey Schmidt, Kyle Harrison, Luis Matos, uh, Marco Luciano? Like, I mean, these were the guys that, you know, are on either in the majors, on the cusp of the majors, clearly the future of the franchise. And all of a sudden, those are the guys that's going to cost us to get anyone that was worth trading for. And, you know, I, I'm not mad, Ben. No, that that uh, that we held pat on this de- deadline because after seeing what was traded, 
I mean, outside of uh, two old 40-something-year-old Hall of Fame pitchers, um, there wasn't a whole lot of excitement. You know, I don't think any of those things would have dramatically made a difference this year and would have impacted us in, in, in the future because we would have lost some really great young talent. Yeah, there, there is nobody in the Giants organization that we have seen come up that was worth giving up for any of the people who were traded. And there were some there were some difference makers that were traded, but there weren't enough and there wasn't anybody of significant value that was worth giving up a lot of the guys that we're talking about. And you're absolutely right. Like it is a completely different universe this year than it was last year. Right? Like last year the the Giants prospects were underperforming. Uh, they were injured. Um, it was just a bad year for the minors overall. And a lot of these guys seemed like they were just light years away from ever being major league ready. Two of those guys m- made their debuts this year. Like Luis Matos at the beginning of last year was lost. Right. People were writing him off the way that I've written off Elliot Ramos. You know, um, Luciano was was considered to have kind of an underperforming year, and uh, and both of those guys are were major league giants this year, at twenty one years old. So, you know, I, I think I think if a lot of major league teams last year had projected that they would be able to do that, yeah, they would have traded for them last year, right? Um, and. But, you know, it, it is a completely different year. And now that you know that they're all that close, yeah, no, you wouldn't want to give any of those guys up. And then, of course, you add names like Car- uh, Wisenhunt and Will Wilson and um, Mason Black. and Mason know. Black, right? These are a lot of guys who are you just like, no, the value of what was available just wasn't good enough. And... And I, for one, am absolutely glad that we we stood pat, that we didn't give up any of the, our youngsters. I think if there had been better players available, I might have changed my mind. But, you know, maybe, maybe if Stroman was available, I would have been interested in that. But no, the Cubs are making a run. They're, they're, they're you know, they're... Uh, they're going to be in wildcard contention. So, of course, Stroman wasn't available. You know, the Angels thought that they might do something. <laughs> They've now lost six in a row. And, uh, you know, so Otani wasn't available. Uh, they decided that that just wasn't going to happen. But, and, I, and I, but I think the Angels is a good case in point there, right? So the Angels gave up, like, two of their top ten prospects for uh, you know, uh, Lucas Giolito, and I know they got a reliever. Um, I think was it Dominic Leone? Actually, I think maybe I don't even remember. But there was some uh, good. There God, was really, but they gave up some talent. I guess is my point. Yes, for these guys, and now have lost six in a row. And then Otani's leaving at the end of the year, uh, uh, you know, supposedly. And and so what will they have, you know, uh, from that, right? And so I feel like that's a good case in point as to a good reason why the Giants didn't jump in to this one well it just wasn't worth it yeah but i would say it was i mean if i'm the angels i yeah like it's worth it well they're just that team is they gotta do it that team is about to go into just a just a really dark place kind of where the giants were like two weeks ago two weeks ago (laughs) 
kind of where the Giants were today as we record this podcast. But, you know, but expand that yeah, for, like over, uh, over for a whole season or like yeah, three, or seasons, three seasons. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the length and, of Mike Trout's career. Yeah, I mean, they, they, they're about to go to a place where they had two of the greatest baseball players ever to play the game and could do nothing with it and have, you know, one of those players kind of like winding down his career and the other one leaving. That's where the Angels are going. And uh, and so this really was their last opportunity to make a push, you know. And, and it's an absolute crime that these guys didn't get deep runs into the playoffs. I mean, Mike Trout's been in the playoffs, what, one time? One series? Um, you know, it, it, so I think for the Angels, it, it, I think it was the right choice to stand pat and then try to try to push and build and, and get in. Um, but... But I think you're right, right? They then lost six in a row, and it's you know it's looking looking very very grim for them. It would have been really horrible for the Giants to have given up great quality players, have some guys come in and turn out to be absolute duds. I mean, look what happened to the Diamondbacks. You know, they traded for their closer Seawald, and he he made he made his first uh, closing appearance today and gave up three base runners. The first guy in the first pitch he made, it was not his first pitch as a Diamondback, but I think it was his first pitch in a closing situation. He gave up a game-tying home run. Then he walked a guy, and then he gave up a, a walk-off two-run home run. That's the Diamondbacks' new closer that they traded for. <laughs> first of <laughs> so, all, so let's, I, let's all just sit back and enjoy that for a that, minute. Yes, the Schadenfreude, that is <laughs> nice. But I, I think that that's a good illustration that the trade deadline does not solve all problems. And Right. It's a and, gamble. It is. It is. And the Giants decided their gamble is that they're going in all in with the guys they already have and the guys that they're expecting back, Yaz and Hanniger and 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 you know and Mark Mathias, apparently. Uh but uh No. Yeah. <laughs> no. Well the, Look, yeah, uh, yeah. Casey Schmidt got sent down uh this week, uh yes. you know, in favor of Mark Mathias. And and I think that that was probably the best move because Casey Schmidt with with both Tyro back now uh and Brandon Crawford playing, there wasn't going to be a lot of playing time for him, particularly since he's batting like a, you know, a one, 105 for the last month. So, I think it was a good opportunity for him to go back and work on some things and play every day. Uh so, you know, it's not the last we're going to see of Casey Schmidt. A little disappointing. Uh, but you know, it's it's funny that like someone like Mark Mathias, who we had to look up on Baseball Reference. I was right, by the way, when I said that, that we were going to trade for somebody you had to look up on Baseball Reference. Uh, yes. Who's, who has? And I said a, we were going to trade for an outfielder hitter. <laughs> yes. I mean, you know, a hitter is an overstatement. Yeah, yeah, quote unquote but, hitter. Yeah. Uh, and so his, you know, but the funny thing is that his seventy-four weighted runs created plus uh, is actually like you know a, a market improvement over Casey Schmitz. So maybe that's the right move. Yeah, I mean, I think I think there were okay. The AJ Pollock trade is very questionable, and I I was offended a little bit. I don't by this I don't trade. think it's questionable. They got him for free, dude. Man, they're just I gonna mean, be like 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 if he doesn't pan out and Yaz comes back, then they DFA the dude. Like, there's no skin, man. Yeah, I I agree. I agree. However, the move came at the same time that they sent Luciano down, and I gotta tell you, this leadership team just has no grace to it you know and they really don't they don't understand that that you know like that they're in the entertainment business and and you know like i here's what it looked like to me it looked like to me as an average fan that they traded aj pollock 
because he was better than Luciano. And I know that's not true, and that's not what happened, and we can explain what is going to happen. But that's kind of what it looked like. Yeah. Right? In reality, A.J. Pollock is a replacement, a temporary replacement for Yaz. You know, Yaz goes on the I.L. He's got a hamstring injury. Pollock is the is the outfielder that replaces him. Matthias is there to add depth and give them a little bit of wiggle room so that they can take the pressure off of Casey Schmidt and send him down. Look, Casey Schmidt was great for the first 22 games that he played as a San Francisco Giant, but it is clear that the league adapted to him and he has had a very difficult time making that counter. Yeah. He needs to go down, get some confidence back, and and find his swing again and get his mojo back. Casey Schmidt is going to be a San Francisco Giant in the future, but he needed a breather, and, and I agree. I think Matthias is a better temporary replacement. What really bothers me, and I think bothers a lot of fans, is because they were super excited when Luciano came up. They were so excited, and what is interesting to me, that Farhan Zaidi was surprised at how excited the fans were. Farhan Zaidi, I don't understand you, bro. Like, why are you shocked that the fans are excited to see a kid who's been in the organization since he was a young teenager? And finally, he makes his major league debut in a Giants uniform. He didn't get traded away for some rental, you know, the way Matthew wanted him to be. You know, he finally makes his way up, and we're all super excited to see him. You let him see us for, for 10 days, and then you're like, gone. That was brutal. But but here's the thing. Luciano has only ever played shortstop, right? Right. And the Giants were really hurting at second base, and they needed some flexibility there. So Luciano is going down to AAA, and he's going to play second base. Okay. Which he has. Yeah, they've been playing Which he has base. been doing. Yeah. yeah. Which is a clear sign that they're hoping right. he comes back and plays that role. Right. And so then Matthias can go back to being whatever he was because he was a guy, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, he played in the major leagues this year. And I'm sure he's a good human being. And I know he's a Bay Area native, but he got DFA'd by the Pittsburgh Pirates this year. <laughs> okay. That's the quality of player this was. Uh, and so, you know, yeah, with his 74 OPS plus, he, he's just a placeholder. Luciano is going to come back, and then, uh, you know, Crawford is your shortstop, Tyro is your second baseman, Luciano gets to be on the bench and maybe spell Crawford or or Estrada when needed, right? That's that's the way things are going to work out, and hey, if Matthias catches lightning in a bottle and he's great, then, then great. You know, he probably won't, but if he does, great. Uh, and I think, you know, uh, Pollock's times, days are numbered until Yaz is ready to come back. And that and Hanager, is right for that. Matter. And Hanniger. Yeah. yeah. And those are the real replacements that are going to come. Right. Tyro has already been back, already playing well. Right. Yeah. And uh, and then you have uh, you have uh, Hanniger and, and Yaz coming back. So Pollock's definitely his days are numbered, too. Right. And so these guys are just placeholders until all of those things can shake out. And so, like, ultimately, I think you're right. I'm okay with this trade for Matthias and Pollock for basically cash and beer. <laughs> I'm sorry, beer is a player to be named later. That player to be named later could be Matthias. It's happened in the past. Uh, uh, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, a little rental. 
Yeah. And so, so, so that is, I mean, that is the way this could work out. Now, hey, Pollock catches lightning in a bottle. Matthias catches lightning in a bottle. Whatever. Pollock's the next J.D. Davis. Maybe it could happen. But for right now, that's the plan. And I think when you look at it from that angle, I'm not really super disappointed with the way the trade deadline went down. No. And and I think you know, it's disapp- just kind of jumping on the case, Casey Schmidt being sent down the angle. I, I think uh, what's important to understand is that you know, I was looking. I was comparing him to another Giants great third baseman, of Matt Williams. You know, Matt Williams struggled for the first two plus years uh, as a Giant. In fact, I was looking at his OPS plus for his his rookie year uh, that he came on. His OPS plus was fifty four, and yeah, uh, and good. Casey Schmitz is fifty one as as it yeah. stands. And so you know, you can't write off Casey Schmidt just because he's having a rough time adjusting. Uh, it happens a lot. And he got a taste. He knows how teams are going to attack him, and he's got to go back to AAA and work on pitch selection and uh, and and you know, really kind of on patience at the plate. And I think he'll come back, you know, for the better for it. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me to see him tear up spring training and take the third base job next year. You know, right off the bat. Yeah, I mean, third base and shortstop are both going to be resets next year, right? I mean, well, Luciano I think JD Davis is still under contract. I think they got him for another is year. Is he? Okay. Yeah. Well. Well, but yeah, but, but shortstop for that. Shortstop yeah. certainly is, right? We don't have anyone yeah. there. Yeah, I mean, Luciano's in the mix, but so is I think Schmidt and um yeah, and the, and you need a you need a backup anyway. You need a utility guy, right? And so that could be Luciano and um and or Schmidt, you know, yeah. or Schmidt, right? Yeah. I, I think that job is open to both of them. I mean, Schmidt could be, you know, Luciano could be your starter and Schmidt could be your backup. Or he could take over third base if if Davis gets hurt. So that's how all of those guys fit in. And and I still believe in all of them. I don't think there's anything about Casey Schmidt that makes me think, oh, he's a dud. <laughs> you know, like, I don't, I don't think that. So, but, you know, I'm just a guy sitting in his hotel room. Oh, yeah, we didn't mention that. I'm on, I'm on the road, folks. I'm I'm broadcasting from a hotel, so if my audio is weird, that's that's why. And if you're hearing loud loud thumping, it's the people next door. Anyway, Matthew has no idea what to say to that. Yeah, I, I don't. Yeah, um, hopefully they're having a good time. Uh, I, I do have. I do just to segue into our next thing here. I, I do uh, the non sequitur I'm about to throw out here is: Do you remember the show The Facts of Life? I do remember the show with a facts of life with 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 Joe and yes and uh, Blair and that's that's uh, the only character yes, I yes. Blair yeah, that's right that's right from the Blair uh, Witch Project <laughs> maybe I don't remember but what I do remember is they had a really good theme song called uh, you know you take the good you take the bad uh, you oh you take them both and there you have the facts of life so what I I, I feel like that's a good description of the twenty twenty three. San Francisco Giants. They're a good team. And at the same time, Ben, they're a bad team. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 I think that there's just no other way around that. You know, I think we've seen that this week and we've talked a little bit about that already. Um this is a playoff team. Absolutely a playoff team. A playoff team that's third game starter will be an opener. Right. I mean, it's it's the weirdest thing to think about. And I think that that's where this is uh, causing consternation among Giants fans is that we are witnessing something that is very non-traditional and very unlike 
pretty much anything that we've ever seen before. So the eye test of what we know makes a, a successful team is not what we're seeing. And so we're having a hard time adjusting to that. And, and what I mean by that is, you know, most teams have five starters. We have two. Uh, most teams have at least one or two players in the middle of the lineup that have the chance of hitting over 20 home runs and driving in 100 RBIs. We have none. And so yet this team continues to find ways to win. And, and so while it is a play, so, so that is the conundrum I think that we see as, as, as Giants fans is that we're like, yeah, we can see that we're 10 games over 500, but how in the heck did we get there? And this is awful because we don't have any starters and we don't have anybody that can hit home runs and yada, 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 yada. And then we go through stretches where we're winning with three hits. We're winning with, you know, with really good defense. Uh, we're winning with a catcher throwing out a guy, you know, on a back pick, you know, to end the game. You know, we're winning in ways that traditionally teams don't win. And I think that's hard to swallow for some fans. Um, so I'm here to tell you, Ben, enjoy it. Just enjoy the ride. Like, this is way different than 2021. We we're off to win 107 games, and we we're all holding our breath and waiting for the other shoe to drop. And, you know, and just when are they going to start losing? And they just really never did, right, until, you know, until the Dodgers, unfortunately, in the playoffs. But but I think we're kind of – we're all – we're conditioned to expect the Giants to just start losing. And, yeah. That's a real possibility. If you've been a Giants fan for a long time, you know that. But at the same time, we're finding ways to win. We've got guys that are are doing a a very good job uh, in specific roles, or at least good enough. Like on the pitching side, right? Lately, I mean, you you can find you, it's hard to find someone who's screwing up on the pitching side. Uh, and you know, and and as a wise person once told me. 10 minutes before we started recording. Pitching and defense wins championships. So while while there are flaws on this team, Ben, I'm here to tell you that the Giants are still okay. And you need to take a deep breath and just relax. <laughs> okay, so first of all, I'm never going to relax. Okay. <laughs> That's true. Uh, That's not That's I'm, not just, I'm just high strung. Okay, like I, I'm just, and I'm always looking for a reason to 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 be angry. Okay, yes. And you know, I pay somebody. We're working on it, but it's a it's, it's a long term effort. Okay. Uh, no, I, I think you're absolutely right, I, I, and I I do find it really really interesting because it is a little bit confusing and confounding how angry Giants fans are about this team. Um, myself included. I think we get too caught up in the minutia that we never take a step back and look at the reality of the situation. The Giants are 61 and 51. They are tied for the third best record in the National League. This is the third best team in the National League. Let me repeat that. This is the third best team in the National League. 
And I know that the way that Farhan Zaidi does things is confusing and confounding and upsetting. And we all want it to work the normal way. And we want this guy, I think a lot of people necessarily like want this guy to fail or be wrong or want his approach to not work, you know, not be the way. But the fact of the matter is, it's working. And I yelled this on a show in 2021 when we were talking about the line changes because people didn't like the line changes. They didn't like three guys in a row being subbed out because the pitcher changed and another three guys would come in. But the line changes were working. This approach is working. Okay? Yes, the Giants are a playoff baseball team. This is a good baseball team. And you are right, Matthew. They are a good baseball team because unlike the 2022 version, this version can play good defense. And a large part of that is because they've decided that they're going to let certain guys play because they play good defense. Like Casey Schmidt. Like Bryce Johnson. Like Like Brett Wisely. Brett Wisely, yes. But even so, remember they fell in love with Brett in February when he hit two home runs in two days or in a single game or whatever the heck it was, right? Everybody was like, oh, he's the second coming of, like, I don't know. Jeff Kent. Jeff Kent, yeah. Right? And he wasn't. And they made a mistake with Brett. They tried to put Brett in the outfield because they thought he was a good hitter and they thought, you know what, his bad outfield defense will make up for it. And it didn't, but they resolved that. And they only played him at second base and they started using Bryce Johnson. And now they've brought up Matos and they've brought up Schmidt and they relied on those guys even, you know, Matos I think is doing okay. He's not showing the power numbers that I think people want him to have. I think he will eventually, not this year maybe, but he will eventually have power. But he will be a great center fielder for a long time, right? But also, you know, that's why they stuck with Schmidt for so long. Because the kid played good defense at second base and shortstop. And that's why they stuck with him for so long, right? Even after he started to falter. And that's because defense really, really matters. And the 2022 version really demonstrated that that is true. Absolutely. And and I think you, know, you go back to, you know, you're talking about Farhan and and Kapler and people being upset with him. I think that the 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 thing that's maddening for for teams or for for fans is that you know they're they're upset that we're not you know settling on five starters or we didn't get five starters. And you know what's interesting is is that the before you know when we were talking in the preseason we were like we got too many starters right I mean we have seven eight nine starters what are they going to do with all these starters you know and and then we also said you can never have enough starting pitching and and I think what we've seen is that that's true because there's a chance that a large part of your nine starting pitchers aren't going to be effective and I don't think that I think that the Giants deserve some credit for. I, I think they deserve some credit for pivoting when things haven't gone the way they expected. Because let's face it, they thought it was going to be Webb, Cobb, Woods, Desclafani, and like Stripling. 
or Manea, right? You know, those were the guys. It was going to be a five-man rotation, and they didn't know that Disclafani was going to get hurt, that Wood was going to be ineffective, that Stripling and Manea were, were going to be wild and ineffective, right? They didn't know that. And what they've done is they've done the best they can to kind of piece it together. And I think there's some genius behind that. I mean, you know, even people are like, oh, they're using their bullpen so much. Well, lately you've seen the broadcast. They've actually been showing the statistic, this graph of when the last time people pitched and when who's available and all that, which is available on MLB.com, by the way. And 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 what you see is that they are very cognizant of the fact that they are always having some uh, relievers available. And yes, they have more relief appearances than any major any team in the majors. But they also uh, have done a really good job of balancing out those innings. And so I I just think that they deserve some credit for where they're at, having to go through this unconventional approach, because that's not the way they wanted to do things. That's the way that it's kind of like shown the, I mean, those are the cards they've been dealt and they're doing a really good job, you know, kind of uh, adapting. And so, yeah, and now they're going through this hideous hitting streak. And, and I don't know if there's quite as easy of answer to that other than waiting for guys to regress to the mean, you know, or to, you know, to, to elevate to the mean, to their, to the, what they've shown before, because, uh, it's pretty awful, uh, when you see guys like Conforto and Yaz and, and, and Peterson and all these guys who have been all-stars who have played really well, all of a sudden not, not hitting. And, and the only thing that you can do is say, well, they won't always be that bad. Right. Well, and you can also say pitching and defense wins championships. Correct. Right. And, 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 you know, it's certainly gotten us into a good position so far. Right. And, and I, think, I think, yeah, and that's another fact, right, is, is that, yes. Like, I, I still think that the complaint, if Giant fans want to complain, complain about the offseason. Okay? Complain about the free agents that you brought in. Because Stripling and Manea, who have both been better recently— I will grant you that. They were not good signings, in my opinion. They were not good signings. And so if you want to complain about something, that's the root of all of these problems. But you know what? That's not Gabe Kapler's problem. Gabe Kapler's problem is not what Farhan Zaidi did or didn't do in the offseason. Gabe Kapler's problem is dealing with the players that he's got. Right? Yeah. And using this approach, and I'm sure Farhan Zaidi is part of this, right? This is all part of a strategy that the entire, you know, baseball organization works together to 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 comprise. But at the end of the day, Kapler's the guy who decides when players go in. And those maneuvers have taken substandard starters and turned that into a 61 and 51 record. Okay? Right. And... I absolutely agree that we wish we had five starters and we wish we had better rotation. But I will also say the rest of this pitching staff is so darn strong that it almost doesn't matter. And and while this team is deeply, deeply flawed, as we saw today, right, what happens if Alex Cobb doesn't execute and then Walker doesn't execute? And Luke Jackson doesn't execute, right? Because that's what that's what happened today, right? It wasn't just Cobb. Um, well, you lose, yeah. right? We we can't have our three reliable pitchers, and those are all three reliable guys, fail. 
if that happens, the Giants are going to lose. But I, and, I would argue that that's probably going to happen at any team where that happens. Right, right. Well, it just can't happen in the postseason in, in a in a best of three series. Correct, correct. Yeah. Right. Um, but I also say, too, like what as far as like this starter issue, right? I mean, the Giants are 15 and five when they deploy an opener. Right. So 15 and five, uh, you know, do you need five starters when you're 15 and five when you deploy an opener? I would say no. I would say that this is working. Yeah. And it is okay. It's okay that it's working. And we don't need to have something that looks familiar to us because this is working and we might as well just ride it. We've got, like you said, we've got guys that are pitching well, like Walker and before that, Brebbia. And, you know, and so let's just ride it. Why not? Well, I mean, I, I agree with you. And I absolutely think that this team can be successful in the playoffs. I, I think they become more and more exposed the longer and the longer of the series it is. I think a three-game series, I, you know, I think I said a couple weeks ago that I don't have faith in this team. But now, like, rethinking it and watching how they play, I think actually this team actually performs pretty well in a three-game series. Because even if Cobb and Webb falter, if Kapler is on the gun a little bit quicker, and I think he would be in the playoffs, or at least you can I stop hope the he bleeding. Would be. You can, you can, you've got somebody. You, you can go to the bullpen yeah. much, much quicker, and and you have a great bullpen that is resilient and that can do that, right? So, so I, I do think they get a little bit more exposed the longer of a series, though. A seven game series, per, perhaps, but you also have off days built into those seven game series, sure. and so I think sure. I think that plays into this whole right. thing as well, right? But I will say this. I do think that sometimes this regime forgets that they are in the entertainment business, right? Baseball is entertainment, okay? It is not It is not just about winning, right? Like, mm-hmm. you could, in theory, create a brand new team every year with a bunch of different players on it and be successful every year. And I think you would not attract the same number of fans as a team that was less successful but had consistent, well-performing players, right? And so I do think that to a certain extent that there is something to be said about having a rotation of established starters and having a core of players who are consistently going to be on the team who aren't going to be yo-yoed around that you don't go and sign guys for these one plus one contracts that are all based on you know the player being if the player has a good season they tell you goodbye and go somewhere else i think all of those things combined create a very, very sort of like hard team to love. That's true. You know? And I think that's a little bit of what's going on with the Giants fans. Like, it's just like they don't have faith that these people are still going to be there. Like, I don't have faith that who is, who's going to be on the pitching staff in 2024. Right. I don't know. Logan Webb and Camilo Duvall. That's all I – that's it. Oh, and Ross Stripling and Sean Manea, because they're not going to opt out. (laughs) Right? That's a weird thing, right? Like, I know that the bad pitchers or the pitchers that really infuriated me and really just struggled to establish themselves, those are going to be giants. But the good guys, they're all going to leave. That's a a weird thing, man. Well, it is. And I I get... You know, I think that case in point, as far as you know, your your point around fans not being able to know who to be attached to and who to who you know who 
who is uh, they who they can kind of love. Uh, you know, you see someone like Brandon Crawford, who's clearly struggling at this career. You know, his stage of his career. Uh, where fans, especially I see that on Twitter all the time, or X, sorry, uh, are are defending him and loving him and wanting him, you know, and wanting to see him and all that. And and I think, um, so I think that that's a really good example of how Giants fans, they really, they just want to know who who to root for. And and they know that Brandon Crawford is that guy. I don't think it's just Giants fans. I, I think it's humans. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, I think the other thing, too, that you mentioned about who's going to be pitching next year or who's going to be on uh, the pitching staff, I think Desclafani this week, which I don't think we've mentioned, you know, when uh, they announced that he's getting some like platement, like platelets enrichment injection in his elbow or something like that, which is not a good sign. And generally that means that you're out six to eight weeks. What is that? Platement uh, enrichment? That his like his platelets are going to college or something? Something, what? yes, exactly. Mm, they're they're okay. studying and, and getting sure. a, you know some so, you know hopefully boning up on 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 how to throw strikes. Uh, so so but that takes about six to eight weeks to settle in. Uh, so there's speculation now that he could be done for the season. Uh, while some would be like, oh, that's too bad for me. I'm like, the bright side of that is that uh, that when you go on the 60 day IL, you, you're taken off the 40 man roster. Guess who's not currently on the 40-man roster that could that needs to be is Kyle Harrison. Kyle so, Harrison. So I think uh, we, you know, that could be a road for Kyle Harrison. It wouldn't surprise me to see Desclafani go on the 60 IL soon, and then Harrison be the one who gets brought up because, and I know you just said, don't listen to what Farhan says because he says something and it doesn't come true. But just this week, he was saying that he expects to see Kyle Harrison uh, in the majors very soon. I'm just saying, um, don't rely on him. Yeah. Well, I, I, agree. I agree. Well, you know, here's the thing. I, I think San Francisco Giants fans would be very, very satisfied if Marco Luciano and Kyle Harrison were wearing San Francisco jerseys at the end of the season. Yeah. And that's well, a real simple thing to do. And that's a winning team. Like, that's a team that can make the playoffs with those two guys on it. Right. And I think, you know, the question I asked you last week was, you know, hey, if we missed the playoffs by a game. But we got to see Schmidt and Luciano and Harrison and all these guys playing. Is that still a successful season? And you said yes. Yes, absolutely. And, and I think and I think that that's what a lot of fans feel like. That yeah, I mean, you'd be like, oh gosh, you know, it was we didn't make the playoffs, but man, look at this talent that we have. We can't wait till next year. I'm yeah, gonna buy season it, tickets next year. I'm going to buy tickets early next year so I right. can see them. All and that. If, yeah. And if you call up Harrison, and maybe even Keaton Wynn. You know, now now I can see next year it's Cobb, Wynn, Webb, and Harrison. And some other guy. Yeah. And it's always, you know, the fifth guy, okay, yeah, we never know who that's going to be. But that's really satisfying. You know, I can, I can be confident, and I can talk about that during the offseason, and I can look forward to it, and I can buy my season tickets or plan my visits to the game knowing that I'm going to see one of those guys play and start the game. Yeah. And uh, I think that's a lot. That, that's what a lot of Giants fans, or just in general baseball fans, want, right? That's what we love about the sport. That's what we love about sports in general, right? Like, you know, you take this out to individual sports. People choose to follow certain players because they like those players in tennis or cycling or whatever it is, track and field, right? And it's not just about winning. It's not just about win arbitrage. 
you know, which I know Farhan Zaidi is really good at. It's not just about getting the single little bit best that you can out of Isan Diaz or Matthias, right? It's about building guys who I can have like a parasocial relationship with, like our fans have with us, Matthew. Right, right. And I think that's a good place to stop because I think, you know, let's leave it there. We're, <laughs> everyone's having a parasocial relationship with us. Yes. Right. Yeah. Uh, and so we are getting at the hour. And so I think we need to kind of wrap things up, uh, which means we got to talk about the trivia question. The trivia so question. if you recall, the trivia question was named the three players since 1900 to hit a home run, have a stolen base, and have a scoreless pitching outing in the same game. And I said, hint, two were Giants. And you said, Ben, Suyoshi Shinjo. Shinjo, right, and Kevin Moss. And Kevin Moss, that's right. Yeah, yeah, none of those were, were the answer. It's ridiculous. The answer, Christy Matheson. Pablo Sandoval. Wow. And, of course, Shohei Otani. <laughs> uh, One of so... these three is not like the others. <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> uh, so what I loved about this one was the panda, you know, in this elite group. I mean, ha- two Hall of Famers or future Hall of Famers sandwiched around the panda, you know, who, you know, yes, hit a home run, had a stolen base and had a scoreless inning in uh in one game and uh so i just thought that was a lot of fun i love i love that we you know have this uh, this this place in history and the joke of course is that uh you know at some point all three will have been giants so there's that right yeah keep dreaming the dream buddy keep dreaming the dream you know that farhan zaidi is our gm right it's just it's not happening it's not it's not happening you know what i go back to and this is stupid i know this is like that makes no sense but the Giants promoted their bullpen catcher to a coaching job this last year, who happens to be Japanese. And I feel like that means something. I, I feel, feel like, like this is you being you. Like I think we're learning a lot, like about Matthew, and also like how just we just want people to be different than they are. Well, Farhan Zaidi does not have the ability to sign a player like Shohei Otani. Well, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. All right. All right. Well, we got to look ahead. So next week, uh, I am bringing a bourbon rye sweet tea to the show. Uh, ben, what are you drinking next week? I am drinking a gin punch because gin punch. I needed a batch cocktail to make while I'm on the road. I'm on the road now. I'll be on the road then. No, Probably I'll be not, making a batch. No. But I'll have made a big batch and I will be drinking it because it'll still be in my refrigerator because I made it so that you could put it in your refrigerator for a week and still keep drinking it. So listen to next Thursday's show to find out about that recipe. Listen to our happy hour episode uh, to find out about sweet tea and gin punch. Uh, and then um, we haven't really talked about this. I don't really want to talk too much about it because it'll depress me. The um, well, we start off with the Angels next week, and then the schedule starts getting harder. Yeah, the schedule is getting real hard. Uh, the, we're going up against the Angels. The Angels have lost six in a row, which means going that they're going the to you know, come in and like rip off three in a, wins in a row. You know, they're going to sweep the Giants. the Giants, and then the Giants play the Texas Rangers, who are the best team in the AL. Mister Bochi, which Bruce Bochi. That's right. It is Bruce Bochi's return to San Francisco because those games will be in San Francisco. Um, And who knows? Maybe Ben will go to one. Um, 
the yeah so that is going to be a tough series um and then yes the schedule does get very very difficult and i think we should probably talk about that next week we will. um we will. for those of you who are hoping the giants lose because you don't like farhan or kapler well the next month is for you it's a tough road to hoe for the giants in the next like five series uh, real of course, tough. of course, the Giants actually all have one of the best records against teams over 500, which go figure. That's true, uh, but, but they they're not so good against teams under 500, which is why their record is 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 is, is such is as it is. It's is only 10 games over 500. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so this is good uh, news. They're playing tough teams. This is good right. news. Well, yeah, that's right. Welcome to the 2023 Giants. Woo. All right, all right. Well, having said that, uh, thanks, folks, for uh, listening to another episode. Don't forget to follow us on social media. At Giant Cocktails on Twitter, or I'm sorry, X, and Threads, Whatever. and Instagram, and uh, and Mastodon. So you know, join us in all those. You can find our recipes, uh, especially on X. I'm st- I'm trying to get in the habit of checking Threads, but I, I'm usually a day behind to be honest. I'm, I'm trying to get better at it. Uh, but on X, we're we're there watching games. You know, definitely stop by, say hi. Uh, also. You know, don't forget to uh, rate us on Apple Podcasts. That's it would help the show a lot if you just go and give us five stars and Do it. even say a say a, a nice thing about us. That would be wonderful and really appreciated. And and thank you to those of you who have already done so. And uh, let's see what else. Uh, I can't think of anything else. So, um, oh, tell a friend or yeah. tell an enemy. Tell tell a stranger. Tell a daughter. Tell the man. guy that you're walking by on the street. You know, tell the guy at the bar. That would be a great place actually to tell people. Uh, you're going be. to the game. Tell people. Tell the person, the random guy you're sitting next to or in front of. You know, tell mm-hmm. them. Tell people about our podcast. That would be a great way of helping the show. All right. Well, Ben, it's been another great week. I hope you enjoy the rest of your vacation and your uh, your anniversary trip. And uh, we will see you next week. Cheers, my friend. Cheers, Matthew. Bye, everybody. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Giant Cocktails Podcast. Until next time, bottoms up. <laughs>